0: Hello listeners, welcome to The Next Session.
1: An advice podcast for game masters who are seeking help with their next game session. I'm Adam Johns. And I'm Alyssa
0: Johns, and uh, we have a special guest.
1: Um, we have our good friend, Rainier Powers. Rainier, why don't you say hi? Hi, how's it going? <laughs> um, we asked Rainier to, to come on to the show and, and help us answer some uh, next session help questions. Um,
2: uh, Rainier, why don't you tell us a, a little about yourself? Um, do you want well, I'll just go into uh D&D stuff. Um I've played with D&D probably probably close to 10-15 years, but most of that time I spent playing with you and your group um over several campaigns and across several characters and we started in 4th edition. Uh I I I very briefly played a weird hybrid version of like three five with my brother and I was totally lost the whole time. And uh but so I don't really understand third edition. <laughs> That's, um, that actually seems pretty appropriate for, yeah. for third and, edition. And 3-5. but then we played uh next fifth edition and I'd come to love that quite a bit. And then we touched on that other Dungeon World game for a uh, Short oh, yeah, stint right. as well, yeah, which was we pretty did, fun.
0: We did Dungeon World for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. I, you know, it, it's it's funny. I hadn't even considered this, but you started learning to play in Fourth Edition. Um, yep. Which is like got such a derisive uh, feel for the whole D and D community. It's, there's some many people true. who are, who re- either really hate it or
2: really it's, love it. It's
0: polarizing. Yeah, it's very
2: polarizing. Yeah. Uh, well, but I, I, think I think it's, it's a good foundation for like. I mean, it kind of just tells you exactly what you can do all the time, which is weird. So, going into fifth edition and suddenly having that freedom to, like, you know, think creatively and it's more a storytelling game. And if you want to, like, you know, punch a pirate, you know, <laughs> the options you'd, available, you go, okay, you do that. Yeah. What you don't, happened? You go, I don't know, his parrot explodes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to wait for your punch a pirate move that comes at level right. 6. <laughs> they yeah,
1: have to yeah. specific. Specifically unlock. It
0: was nice in 4th edition to have different kinds of things you could do that were laid out so nicely. Like
1: It's true, right. it was very explicit. Yeah. Like, um, sometimes that was really nice to have a, a, a more clear idea of what your options are. But, but you're totally right, Rainier, like... I want to punch a pirate, and I don't want to have to wait for the move. I (laughs) want this parrot to explode. I can are people out there
0: who might struggle creatively with instead, you know, instead of like I don't know what to do. Well, what do you want to do? well I don't know. Like having having that list of things in their in their back pocket could be really helpful. Totally. Um, Totally. Especially to start, and then as they get more comfortable, then move over to fifth edition.
1: What I will say was was fourth edition was way more tactical mm. um yeah you could really do like a lot of like really interesting maneuvers and team maneuvers. teamwork i do a maneuver <laughs> um and like teamwork stuff uh, i remember at one point in time there was a character they could do like a push move that would push the bad guy out of the way and that would trigger someone else getting a move that they could do oh, yeah. and then you could like chain a lot of that stuff together flanking
0: was, was a huge deal yeah flanking too. was really
1: big oh yeah for sure uh all the like bonuses and and stuff in in fourth edition and and uh debuffs you can put on the bad guy and stuff it it felt like it would
2: just get insane oh yeah when i was playing with my brother's group you know we we got to about like level 10 and it was just insanity you know every enemy would have like i don't know half a dozen things tracking on them and you're just like oh well this applies and this applies and this applies and by the time your turn is over, 45 minutes have gone by and probably <laughs> yeah. half of it, you're just going, that guy's poison, that guy's poison, that guy's poison, that guy's, <laughs> guy's not poison, that guy's poison. It,
1: just, it, was, it was a lot of work. Um, Honestly, yeah. probably tracked a lot better on like a computer system. It kind of reminds me of. Yeah, oh, yeah, actually. Oh, um, where it's it's got a lot of these like mechanic pieces and uh and if you had a computer system that was basically doing... Actually, didn't we, at one point in time, have a...
0: We did Roll... No. What did we use? Maybe it was
1: Roll20.
2: I can't remember. But it was... It was I a, think it was Roll20. That sounds familiar. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, and we basically just set up macros for all of our abilities and stuff. Yeah, it was and like yeah. oh, click, I click just... The, I, I, I use the ability click
2: I have twin arrow, <laughs> yeah. so I yeah. use my That's twin arrow ability to click. Okay, cool. They rolled my dice. There we go. There, <laughs> Do you love applied. But then it's, the problem with that one was is uh, you go. Okay, I roll my super complicated macro. Uh, it's bugged. Something didn't uh, work. Hold so on. <laughs> they updated. They updated the app. Now none of my macros work. I don't remember yeah. how the, the abilities work
1: because I, I don't roll them or read them anymore. Yeah, now I gotta look through the books. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: There is, it's it, there is a player out there who wants all of this.
1: Um, <laughs> but, wants but, this. But but who wants? You mean who wants the? Who
0: wants for the edition? Who wants yeah, to play it? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, it's not for the edition. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: not for the edition. <laughs>
2: it's true.
0: Um, so, uh, I, I also should say that Rainier is our graphic designer who designed our logo for us.
1: Uh, absolutely. That's me. Um, which is pretty awesome. i really, I really enjoy our logo. I think it, it, it fits super well. So thank it's, you for all. It's that, really Rainier.
0: cool. I actually had someone say, um, I haven't listened to your podcast yet, but I gave you five stars because the, because the logo is so cool.
2: And I was <laughs> no like, way. I have to Shut tell up. Rainier That's that. Awesome. No, they <laughs> did.
0: And I was like, I have to tell Rainier that. Um, cause it's That's great.
2: So, well, people, I mean, you guys like it. Pretty much got it like I don't know ninety percent of the way there, and I just threw it up in Illustrator, and uh, it's it's polished your uncle. It's polished, yeah. Of
1: you.
2: <laughs> that's that's what
1: really makes it.
2: I I'm a turd polisher. That's what I do. <laughs> Wait,
0: we gave you turds. Yes,
2: oh, you no. gave me yeah. the most no, no, beautiful exactly hexagonal turd ever. <laughs>
0: listen to the next session it's polished turn. <laughs> okay well i think that's good <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i actually
1: i i am kind of curious because um it's wild to think about Rainier, right but it's it was forever ago that we played fourth edition and and D&D next and all that yeah. stuff do you have a favorite
2: character or or a moment in any of those games that you that you remember you know as much as i love my uh tiefling character mrixel I think my favorite character is actually sledge mama and uh, here's here's why i I figure i like sledge mama more than mrixel mrixel is just me in D, &D, Mm. pretty much and you know that's fine i play me every day and i have a good time but sledge mama was just like so different from how i normally play you know just doesn't care about magic or items Or tiptoeing through situations, she would literally kick open the door and fight her way through everything, and it was just a blast. And on top of that, I just loved the name and all the lore I made up for her. She was just she was a hoot. She was great. I'd go back and play Sledge Mama in a heartbeat. I still
1: always picture Sledge Mama as just Lily. That's the, that's the, who the, she the, the is. Really <laughs> Lil, for those
0: listening, Lily is Rainier's wife. Who is <laughs> yeah. The opposite of Sledge Mama in stature and size, I, I but actually, not in personality.
1: I, <laughs> no, 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 she, I, I, I thought Sledge Mama was actually pretty small. So oh, I think, was she? I I Sledge Mama, was Mama is
2: for... like the the is basically Lily in D and yeah. guess I
0: always pictured Sledge Mama as being this like big. Oh no! Character. I always, I always
1: pictured it being
2: being Lily. Lily that's hilarious. With a yeah. with a giant hammer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and right. you know, her backstory was that you know she had all this martial arts training, so she knew how to like, you know, use the like aikido style and like use their opponent's weight against them. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of yeah. how it all made sense to me. It's it's perfect. That was a spectacular character. I really, I really liked playing playing along with Sledge Mama. Which game was that? I don't know. That's... That was with uh, Torin and... Oh, Torin. Um, yeah. I forget who else. I, I think you might have been DMing, and I can't remember who else everyone else was. I forget who Zach was, and Peter was playing some scary wizard dude. Well, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs>
1: well... <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I think Sledge Mama was a great character, and I love the name. And uh, I think it's fun to get out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, totally. Agree. Absolutely. I like being able to play a character that's not quite—that's not really me. It gives me a chance to to do some some stuff that I might not do in my life.
0: Well, definitely. Let's get into the questions. We've got two questions here for our segment next session. Help. Uh, are you ready, Rainier? I am ready. Awesome. So the first question comes from. N Vegas 99 in Vegas. In Vegas 99 or no Vegas 99?
2: I think it's in Vegas.
0: They were in Vegas in 99.
2: In 99 they were in Vegas. Well, don't tell. Are they allowed that. to talk about this question <laughs> My, because right? what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas 99 yeah. times. <laughs> 99. Times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so N Vegas 99 asks, what do I put on the top floor of an eldritch library of all written knowledge? Some background. I am currently running a game where my four players have access to a city-sized library of all written knowledge. The library is filled with spider-like creatures that cannot speak but will trade any knowledge the players have for limited access to the library. There is a sort of elevator that rapidly ascends upward, forcing a constitution saving throw or fall unconscious and wake up outside the library. Oh, so if you don't Uh, If you're on the elevator and you don't save against the Constitution, uh, then you wake up outside the library. Um, So here's N. Vegas's problem. I have no idea what to place at the top of the elevator, but I'd prefer it stick with the campaign's theme of eldritchness. Any help would be appreciated as they're approaching the power level needed to succeed on the save. Uh, Thank you. And also an edit. The party is currently level 15 and the con save DC is 30. There are two paladins, a bard and a monk. So so. this is something that they have been wanting to get up to for a while. And they haven't had the constitution to say, but they're, they're getting there. And now this end Vegas is like, oh crap, what's supposed to be up there? I don't know.
1: (laughs) I was going to say that the constitution saving throw or wake up outside the library seems problematic to me because all of a sudden one person succeeds the saving throw and the rest of the party doesn't. And everybody else wakes up outside the library. One person makes it to the top, but it sounds like that was already—that's already been sort of dealt with. <laughs> they just iterate until <laughs> until they can make it to the yeah, to the yeah. floor that they want to in the library. Um, that's very interesting. Um, didn't you do a similar a similar uh, um, library? I, thing? I had
0: a library, yeah, um, that was filled with all written knowledge, and it was sprawling and expansive, and there were. Different places you could get lost in, um, but I never had this like holy grail. Get to oh, the no, top. Oh no, no,
1: of course not. But but the, I like yeah. I've always loved the idea of like a sp- sprawling library that has all the knowledge.
0: Yeah, my my library that I did in my campaign was based off of the library of in um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh sure. With the you mm. know,
1: the um, big owl.
0: Yeah, and the the soul god or whatever. Yeah, it was in the spirit realm. Yeah. Um. But, uh,
1: I, I like that. Or or maybe the library from Doctor Who.
0: Oh, right, right, right. With, um, oh my gosh, that episode. Yeah, that
1: episode was real, real terrifying. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Who turned out the lights? Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. That's a yeah. fantastic episode. But that uh, doesn't answer their question. No, what no, they need to know
0: it's is what is at the top floor of this Eldritch Library of all Wren knowledge? Go.
1: Right. I like the that idea that it's s- just a single book
0: is one book yeah
1: <laughs> the only thing up there is just one book
0: well maybe it's blank
1: oh yeah
0: maybe it's blank and it's like this is the knowledge that hasn't <laughs> it's, been written it's yet. the
1: scroll from kung fu panda yeah it's, it's just a yeah. mirror.
0: it was you the whole time didn't we already cover this, we already yeah, this. Yeah. we're not doing this well it's this episode again. it's
2: a library so it could be like the epic book of knowledge but it's checked out <laughs> someone someone already checked it out that's actually
1: really. someone's crazy. already got it you've <laughs> got a whole campaign that's like built off of like <laughs> oh no it's checked out but it's overdue you need to go recover this overdue oh yeah there <laughs> you go Gosh, adam this
0: is your campaign this is totally my campaign yeah, he's doing a campaign right now and in the psychology in seattle podcast which is about a, of the book of fates
1: yeah this is
0: totally where the Book of Fates came from. Yeah. You it's it's not it. in a library and everything like that, it's but hilarious. but it
1: is it is uh um uh lost uh and the players are trying to recover it. Uh that and that could be oh, I love that idea right here. That's totally totally what? checked out. Plus, that was
2: totally a throwaway joke too. No, but,
1: <laughs> but what's but what's great about that and, and uh this is maybe uh too deep behind the screen. Um, but lots of times I can't figure out where this plot needs to go or I can't figure out what what the next step is, and I'm running out of time before my next campaign, and I do what's called kicking the can down the road, where I basically go, well, I don't have to decide what the book is, I only, or what's in it, I only need to decide that it's gone, uh, and it's been checked out, and I guess give it a title, because that would make the most sense, right, you would know what the title of the book is,
2: mm-hmm. um, and then make the Eldridge Soup. After. For the chicken soul, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the barbarian soul. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and then, and then you kick the can down there. You don't have to decide what the book does or or any anything like that. You just go. Great, you finally made it to the top. Oh no, the book is checked out. Uh, one of the spiders needs you to go recover it, uh, since you happen to be up here. Um, and that might be just a great way to go. I can't really decide what I want this book to be, <laughs> and I don't want my players mm. to get their hands on some ridiculous powerful artifact just yet. Um, I'm going to kick that kid down the road.
2: Um, but let's yeah, but come I up with some, push some them the next too. couple of level power levels. Yeah. 15, you know,
1: you figure maybe the campaign ends when
2: they hit level 20. <laughs> and if that's... anything, buy yourself some time to figure out how you kind of want to put a bow on all of this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have, have sounds like, like a, nice a super capsule.
2: interesting campaign. I love the idea of like a, a, a library city. I think that's a really cool visual. I like the spider-like creatures. I don't um <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna throw that out there I mean it's really cool good job n Vegas 99 did it have to be spiders I've <laughs> spiders?
1: used I've used similar library concepts actually built from from alyssa your original library um uh, in game to grow games and in other games before um but the the way that I usually do it is you go up to the library and you have to contribute some piece of knowledge much like an avatar mm-hmm. um, oh. in order to be able to like get a library card. And so everybody has to show up and have some some piece of knowledge they contribute to
0: And that's what they're doing here with the spider-like creatures. Right. They can't speak, but they'll trade access to the library for knowledge.
1: Right. I've always liked that idea.
0: Okay. So this elevator. You have the elevator. You have to save on a constitution saving throw because it takes you into space.
2: Okay. It's a space elevator
0: space sure. of like yep. the wonk a it's the
2: wonk vader you know yeah it that's takes, a, it, exactly what i was picturing too yeah it
0: blasts out of the uh, out of um the glass the ceiling. library
2: <laughs> out of the glass ceiling
0: <laughs> it jumps a shark <laughs> at the same time <laughs> and goes um goes to space to okay. um another realm where there's things there portals portals are good
1: so I, th- I think one possibility here could be maybe knowledge at that level is not a book yeah it's not it's not in books maybe it's sort of um oh sure uh it's it's indiana jones and the crystal skull where it's just uh teleported into your brain
0: it's just aliens by, uh, it's
1: aliens teleporting into your brain we're in space now i mean we can we can do aliens apparently we're in space so <laughs> we can do whatever we want um uh so you could do something like that and then, then you could provide a fur- further hurdle where um you have to have the sort of brain capacity to be able to, to Ooh, yeah. take on this knowledge.
0: Oh my gosh, Adam. Yeah. It takes you but up into what... space and it takes you to the big brain. And big
2: brain. <laughs> big brain and brain. What was just... their uh what was their party layout again? Two it's... paladins and
0: It's uh, two paladins, a bard, and a monk.
2: Mm, This sounds something like a bard would be really, really interested in.
1: Oh, yeah. Especially uh, uh, knowledge about history and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But then further, like maybe some of it is about music. Um, Yeah. You could could really tie this into the particular characters going on here. Hmm. Definitely. And think about what knowledge each of them would seek.
2: Or um, ooh ooh ooh. What if they each learn like the dark secret of like when they die or something like that? You know, the date and time and specific you know, circumstances. It, of their yeah. Hmm. Um. That um, could
1: that could be fun. Although it gets into it gets into this prediction thing. True. But it true. could be really great if they all die all at once. Right. <laughs> they all die the exact same day and time due to meteor. Or you that page really the something. book, or
2: whatever, <laughs> is missing, or I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: riffing off of that, there is a book for every single person.
1: Oh yeah. Definitely. Every Thanks. single
0: person has a book um, that is their life, mm. and uh, you just have to find the right one to find your own fate. But this is a city-sized library. You're on the top floor, which is, I'm presuming, the same layout. So it's it's just as big. So you can mm. like take a book off the shelf, and it'll be like. A sledge mama the uh the barbarian.
2: Oh it's and, a good read. Right? Yeah, the <laughs> <book>. <laughs> the a and you could book. go, oh um
1: died,
0: <laughs> died in battle, blah blah blah. You could like read about someone's sure. life, but and you put the book back on the shelf. Um so they might now search for their own for their own books.
1: Oh sure. Or if, maybe be a possibility.
0: They find like the monk's book. Um and it says something weird in there at the end. And now now you're kicking the can down the road for your campaign
1: sure what about what about with the eldritchness part of this yeah could we, what could we do something with that is there
0: when i think eldritch i guess i kind of think like lovecraftian oh yeah like, yeah, that's
2: like, all i go like to cthulhu
0: yeah maybe there's something cthulhu
1: now i will not there's there's so many people out there that are huge fans of lovecraft and and cthulhu style games and stuff i'm not even going to begin to claim Steven. to be uh, in any way knowledgeable about, about Cthulhu, yeah. I like know <laughs> um, tip of the iceberg stuff as well. Yeah, me yeah. too.
0: I'm like slap some tentacles on it. You yep. get to yep. chop
1: the steampunk out <laughs> of it. There you go, bam. Uh, but what I will say is, my understanding is that a lot of Cthulhu myth is based around sort of um, sanity and insanity. This sort of idea of being rooted in reality and and displaced from reality, being able to un uh, being unable to determine what is real and what is not real. Right. Um, and uh, maybe what you do is you say the books up here all, um, uh, this is not not good uh, mental health speak, but all drive you crazy. They all um, uh, sure. start to give you hallucinations or they start to give you, uh, um, uh, start to sort of play with your mind in mm-hmm. really dangerous ways. Um, and And it's just, opening up the doorway that the idea of knowledge can be dangerous and if you don't understand what you're reading then it can it can impact you really negatively Hmm. um there might be something really fun you could do with with something like that
0: yeah maybe some sort of like fountain fountain of knowledge but if you drink from it you you go insane
1: yeah i think if this were me if i were running this campaign i would make it one book that is at the top of this library, and I would say that it is a book you, that you cannot read, but when in your possession, it gives you important knowledge of the things happening and the things that will happen. Hmm. Okay, um, and make it effectively just a magic item.
0: So you can't. So you can check it out. You're you not can like... check it out. Yeah it's not one of those things that has to stay at the library that you can read through.
1: Yeah. Or I would do the, the whole, it's already been checked out thing. It's, but which it, is really de-
0: funny. It, depending
1: <laughs> on whether or not I, I needed like a new campaign hook, right? Are they, are they like in between real hooks and they need a new hook to go on? Then I would do the book is checked out and there's a big, big, bad uh, evil character that need, needs to be defeated so that you can get the book back, but they have the power of the book and that's helping them or something on those lines. Um but, uh, but if I w- was already on a campaign hook and they just happen to keep coming back to the library for stuff um, and I still want them to pursue that main campaign, then I would make this like, you finally did it. You finally made it to the top of the library. It's taken you a long time. You're level 15 now. I mean, you're, you're already pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, so I can, I can hand you this book and be like, it's a really cool magic item that you have now unlocked uh, that, that gives you these benefits. Um, and you unlocked it by finally having enough of a con save to make it up to the top of the library. Um, I think that would be a, a sort of easy way to do it.
0: Okay, well, and Vegas ninety nine. I hope this helps. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, you can. Yeah, this there's a there's a lot you can do with there.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is like such a cool concept and such a cool setup that you have, and and it's just so open ended. I think you can really do a lot with it. And yeah. that's,
0: that's probably the problem is there's too many ideas. Yeah. So now so we've, we've that, laid like out, this, right? book is up there, checked out, book is up there, magical item, space elevator, um, somehow uh, meet Cthulhu, yeah. and uh, big Crystal Skull
1: aliens, because we know that's worked so well. In,
0: in game <laughs> <games>. <laughs> um, so hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully one of those suggestions helps you. And let's move on to our uh, second question. This question comes from Glensdale. No, Glensdale. Glensdale.
1: This just reminds me of Winsleydale. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was
0: thinking too. Cheese grommet. Uh, Glensdale asks, doppelganger infiltration ideas? Question mark? Okay. A doppelganger.
1: <laughs> I thought that was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that was too. Um, to go. <laughs> uh, a doppelganger has infiltrated my party it was on a mission for the big bad evil guy and had no escape routes when the party arrived so it changed into a captured Npc and came up with a story quick Then the party bought the story rescued it and the doppelganger is now traveling with them um, as a note they the party discovered another doppelganger so they are familiar with the monster. Um, We're coming up on the final confrontation with the big bad evil guy and I don't know what to do. This seems like a scenario with a lot of possibilities, yet all I can think of is doppelganger turns coat in the final battle. This somehow seems too plain, but I have no other ideas. Has anyone had a similar situation? Uh, As a side question... Oh, Glensdale's getting a side question. Jeez, Glensdale. Oh, man. Really
1: pushing it. Trojan horse dust. Right.
0: (laughs) As a side question, is it bad form to have the doppel suddenly take a party member hostage? For example, would it be unfair for me to say, suddenly Doppelganger puts a dagger across player three's throat and demands you all surrender?
2: Hmm. Ooh, I've got a really interesting idea. Okay. Okay, go for it. Uh, So whatever character gets taken hostage and effectively gets taken out of the fight, but that player has to now play as the doppelganger with all new sets of abilities and motivations and stuff just for maybe, I don't know, two rounds or something.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's kind of fun.
2: Just to kind of mix it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And give them, give them a chance to still be engaged in the game, even if their character is not, not right. Yeah.
0: Yeah to answer the side question first, um, I don't think it's bad form to have the doppelganger suddenly take a party member hostage. I think that's exciting.
1: Um, I think I agree. With the caveat um, that depending on the makeup of your group and the personalities at the table, I wouldn't take a player player character hostage if I thought the other player characters would not care. Mm. Um, You don't want to have the situation where your NPC holds a knife to one of your player character's throats and says everybody drop your weapons and everybody else is like just kill them both.
0: <laughs> I suppose that would be kind of demoralizing It'd as be... the person being taken hostage to find out that the entire party could care less about my character. Right.
1: Right. Um, and, and I think it has a, a potential to raise a lot of player to player conflict <laughs> uh, kind of within that situation where apparently we don't care about you being a part of our game.
0: Oh no we were just bluffing.
1: I'm sure yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so, uh, I would only caution that, that one piece, I, I'll bet with most parties, with most groups, that's not really a concern and they, they would totally fall in line. They would, they would, you could be, make it part of the plot. Although the real question there is, what do you hope to accomplish with it? Like what happens after they drop all their weapons? Does the big bad evil guy just kill everybody now? What is the, what is the circumstance? Well, I
0: think this is what they're trying to do for their reveal that this NPC has been the doppelganger the whole time. Right. So that's what they're they're ultimately getting at is they have this doppelganger who's been with the party the whole time and they want to reveal in a special way.
1: Okay. I'm kind of reading back through this. So so they're coming up to the final confrontation. Is the doppelganger part of the Big Bad Evil Guy's plans?
0: Yeah. So it was on the mission. It oh. was on a mission for the Big Bad Evil Guy. And okay. And got cornered. And the only thing it could do was change into a captured NPC and come up with a backstory.
1: So the the question I would have would be, what was the Doppelganger's original mission?
0: Right. And that that we don't know.
1: Um, because if the Doppelganger's mission was eliminate the the player characters, um, then really your best option, it maybe seems a little plain here, but your best option is, of course, the Doppelganger would wait until you finally face Big Bad Evil Guy and then turn on you. hmm um, mm mm-hmm which I agree is pretty cliche. Although if they don't really, if they really don't know that this is a doppelganger, I, that's going to be an amazing reveal, right? Like that's that yeah. moment of like the big, bad, evil guys. Like now I have you exactly where, where I want you. And the players are like, no, we have you exactly where we want you. Get them Frank. And then Frank's like, <laughs> Oh, that's so yeah. sorry. About that.
0: <laughs> well, okay. If you want to do a more slow, Reveal you could have Frank is now our doppelganger, <laughs> <laughs> doppelganger Frank. Um, have a, a rune stone or a, a stone of far speech or something, and they one person in the party sees or overhears Frank revealing that he is a doppelganger in some way.
1: Mm.
0: So now there's there's sowing of mistrust, you know. And what does that what does that person do when they go? <gasps> He's actually a bad guy. What are we gonna do? Um,
1: that could be pretty fun. That could be pretty interesting. You could also have your you're approaching the big bad evil guy. Maybe you're not there yet. So um, you could also have another doppelganger show up, and you could have Frank the doppelganger kidnap a party member and replace them with another
2: doppelganger. Oh. Hmm. Uh-huh. Which they don't know they're a doppelganger. Right. <laughs> they're, they're like a Cylon. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be pretty
1: good. But I I actually <laughs> meant like now that player is, is, knows that their character has been replaced with a doppelganger. Now they play a doppelganger of themselves.
0: Right. I think mm-hmm. we talked about this in, in another episode where you would take a character aside and say you have been replaced by a doppelganger.
1: Oh, um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, so like that, that idea can be a lot of fun to, to role play out. Although obviously requires some, some uh, tricks at the table so that the rest of the players don't know what's going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Or a suspension yeah, of a disbelief. Or, or yeah, or, or a the, willingness. If the for
0: players know, there. but the characters don't know, you have to kind of
1: yeah do that. But you're definitely showing your hand on the reveal, the doppelganger, doppelganger reveal at that point. Yeah. Um,
0: Which can be fun. It, it is fun in like a book when you're reading, and you know something the the main character doesn't and you're like, Oh no, don't go in there. It's a trap. You fool.
1: (laughs) You you fool. What are you doing? (laughs) Don't go down there.
0: (laughs) I knew they were going
1: to, why are you splitting up? Um, (laughs) Rainier, let me ask if you, if you had, if you were in this campaign, Mm -hmm. uh, what would be the more, the more fun way to have
2: the twist revealed to you? Uh, the the twist is hard. I was thinking more about like the role of <clears throat> Frank the doppelganger. Uh, you know, it, is he gonna be the good guy that you know saves them, or is he actually working for the bad guy? And uh, the reveal, I think, is uh, that's not where my brain was going. I think it's uh, totally you're, important. You're, but you're thinking I, more I more
1: about that that plot that. Like, like yeah, where, the it has right
0: Frank here? been with the party for so long that now Frank is.
1: Oh my gosh! Going
0: to betray the bad guy.
1: He's a good guy now. He loves the party Frank, there, but not, yeah, he's learned, <laughs> he's learned to love them. He's led to love them. He's been filled with with love. Um, so, uh, friendship was the magic all. Along. <laughs> friendship <laughs> is
0: magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: that could that could be really fun, and in that case, you could have the big bad evil guy um reveal to the party that frank is a doppelganger oh yeah and okay f- frank can say but i'm on their side now and then fight along with you And then you could have big bad evil guy like stab frank or or
2: whatever, or really like drive so where my away. brain was going is somehow you know because frank this name is killing me (laughs) frank
1: frank has presumably
2: worked with with big bad evil guy for so long that you know he knows him just as well and knows his one weakness and maybe frank sacrifices himself for something oh
1: you know what would really make this is if the party saves frank frank winds up in real trouble
0: oh the big bad evil guy says um the big bad evil guy says you're supposed to be working for me and he says i'm not gonna work for you anymore and then big bad evil guy like shoots him in the stomach or well i was
1: thinking even before the big bad evil guy encounter you have you have like frank falls falls down the pit and he's like holding on by 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 a thread and the party sort of like um risks their own lives to save him okay yeah really show frank like apparently these these people are totally worthwhile you know, no one's ever risked their life to save me.
2: Mm. Um, maybe, oh, maybe even go back to what you're saying where one character is starting to get little hints that Frank isn't all that he seems, but saves him anyway. Oh, yeah, Ooh. that'd be really good. Um,
1: so, something going on with Frank, and, and he's... he's being very dodgy or you you notice something he he refuses to touch this silver
0: or or as he as you get closer to the final confrontation he gets more nervous
1: Mm.
0: and Mm. jittery and like doesn't want to go and and he's an npc so they could be like this could go two different ways they could be like okay frank see you later bye
1: (laughs) and then then,
0: uh he shows up at, at the end
1: Oh sure, that's that's true. He could he could show up at the very end. Yeah, if
0: they were like bye Frank, then he could show up at the end, and then he could have this moral dilemma.
1: I like I do like. Um, we actually did a, a game where there was a an oni, which is a kind of like um, shape shifting genie kind of creature, um, mm-hmm. and in the campaign we had the oni changing into the player characters. There was like a mist or something. Uh, that, that made it so everybody was getting lost, and they kept getting lost, and then meeting back up with each other. Um, and so, we would pass around notes that says that say you are not the Oni um, uh. to, all, to all the players, and one note, one person's note would say you are the Oni. Um, Suddenly, so this is Werewolf. Cool. And it, it was basically Werewolves, right? It was the, the game Werewolves, except at each round, they would identify the Oni and like make an attack on him, and then he would disappear again. And there'd be more mist and then everybody would come back up again. So each time you, you got to a chance to land an attack, but you, you also then still had to figure out who, who is the Oni. And the person who is the Oni is supposed to play along with the game and pretend to be themselves, but not themselves. Um, and they had to sort of figure it out. And it also opened up this possibility that we did a round where everybody got a note that said, you are not the Oni. And uh, so every everyone's trying to figure out who it is, and actually, none of them are. Um, and then I think that that round ends with the oni leaping out of the shadows and <laughs> attacking you while you're while you're arguing with each other. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's smart. I like it. But I think the doppelganger maybe opens you up to some some kind of fun play like that, um, where you could have the the doppelganger. Betray the party before the big bad evil guy. U- ultimately, I like the idea that Frank becomes part of the part of the team. I think that's the most fun. But you could totally have, if you wanted it to be a betrayal, you could have the doppelganger betray the party in like a hall of mirrors or something like that, and keeps uh. keeps playing other members of the party um, against each other. Um, and Ooh. and if you can do the setup well, if you can explain it to your players, here's what's going on, um, and. Uh, then you can just set up scenes between between characters.
0: Or there's a mirror of true sight. Oh yeah. And they pass by it, and it's not Frank's reflection. Yeah. I don't know yeah, what would definitely. the doppelganger doppelganger's reflection be. What is their true?
1: It's usually like a grayish, like uh, shadow. No, it's like a it's like a humanoid figure, but they're like grayish and long and and skinny, uh, and they have like. Pale gray skin and no hair, and uh, the sort of the sort of hideous creatures.
0: And they're naked.
1: And, and naked, <laughs> yeah, because they shapeshift the clothes. Yeah, they of shapeshift
2: course. the clothes right on them.
1: I mean, let's be honest. If you could shapeshift, and you could make clothes, wouldn't you just be naked all the time? And you would just make clothes. Like you could wear whatever clothes you wanted. Is you that... didn't have to go buy clothes. You can just. Is make...
0: Mystique naked all the time? Oh yeah,
1: Mystique is naked all the time. I would think you'd just be cold. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Do the Because I, <laughs> yeah, I assume you could feel the clothes. Still, I right enjoy a good sweater. You know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just cold so often. I can't really, I can't really handle this being a, being a shapeshifter. That's how you identify the shapeshifters. Yeah, they're they, cold. Yeah, they're all cold all the
0: time. All the time. They're Like, can I wear your sweater? Aren't you wearing a sweater?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the best way to identify doppelgangers.
2: spill something on their lap and oh how horrible let me give you a fresh pair of pants and they're like oh no it's fine i'll live with the coffee stain
0: (laughs) you burned my genitals (laughs) (laughs) okay all right glensdale i hope that helps uh, I feel like I don't feel like we helped
1: Glensdale. <laughs> I don't know if we did at all. I'm sorry, Glensdale, if that wasn't if that I think wasn't they, helpful. we
0: gave Glensdale too many ideas. Let's
1: let's be honest and say that the betrayal at the end, the doppelganger, uh, turns coat in the final battle is, is pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's perfectly it's, fine.
1: there's there's nothing wrong with that plot. And actually, you know, this, this gets in a little bit to. Uh, do you want to do the things that your player predict, players predict are going to happen or do you want to do like twists and turns that they aren't going to predict? And honestly, it's a mix of the two. Sometimes you want to do what your players think will happen because they will feel rewarded for being able to predict the, the plot ahead of time. Um, and sometimes you want to have a twist where, where they couldn't see it coming um yeah and especially if your players are really not aware that this guy is a doppelganger frankly the the twist at the end where the the person turns around says actually i'm on the big bad evil guy's side and turns into a doppel you know reveals their true doppelganger form like the whole time the players will will go oh my god frank was a doppelganger the whole time (laughs) uh and they'll go yes and his name really is frank (laughs) <laughs>
0: i trust ph <laughs> actually, actually it's franklin <laughs> my evil name is franklin it's terrible <laughs> all
1: right well uh hopefully that's that is at least a little bit helpful for you <laughs> um i guess with that uh we're gonna head to our ad break um and uh thank you Thank you so much for joining us, Rainier. Thank you for for being a part of our of our
2: podcast. It was a pleasure and a lot of fun, and I just I'm super excited to be on your podcast.
1: And we're back we're back um and uh, uh i guess we should move on to are we gonna do an ask a gm
0: we are gonna do an ask a gm um this ask a gm comes from snake w33d
1: snakeweed
0: yeah it's snakeweed but but the e's are threes
1: but the e's are threes snake with threed <laughs> okay yeah I like that.
0: um so uh snake with threed asks uh about introducing a new player so They say, this upcoming game, a new player has joined. I've had a lot of come and go players that are just playing for a visit. And I've used the, you met coming out of a store or uh, you met in an adventure, but they don't have an adventure currently and they're just chilling in a city on a holiday. So that's where my problem comes up. The player is a druid. Druids tend to stick to the outskirts and forests. So how would one introduce one of a nomadic tribe into Players who are just chilling inside of a city.
1: Okay, well, th- this just came to me, and some of this is going to be based on how just how new is this new player? Uh, are they new to role playing games and you're trying to introduce them into the whole concept, or are they just new to your group? Um, but I love just given the setup that the new player is um, uh, a tour guide on the holiday. <laughs> so you go on like a hike in the woods. Uh, and the new player gets to be the tour guide on the hike in the woods. Oh, okay. Um, which would just be fun. And then you can just tell the new player, like, you can do pretty much whatever you want. Like, you're giving a tour. Imagine you are giving a tour and you're knowledgeable about these woods. And uh, and then let that be a role play interaction between new player and the and the players of the party, which could be a fun way to do that.
0: I was going to say, I mean, obviously this druid player wants to play with, wants to adventure in some way. Otherwise, why are they here, you know? Um, Sure. So I would say that maybe this druid has a problem and has to come into the town um, and is seeking help of adventurers to get back, I don't know, uh, an, an item or their lost lover or they're looking for their parents who... I don't know, are gone or yeah, something.
1: Yeah, you essentially empower them, give them a little bit of, uh, of opportunity ahead of time where you say, here's the problem that you have. You're going to come into the town and you're going to basically recruit the players uh, to help you with that problem. Uh, and here's a reward you can offer them or, or something if they need a reward to be offered. Um, and that really gives you the chance to be the, the quest NPC at the right. start of it, um, who then winds up becoming a part of the adventure and and,
0: stuff. and it works out too because if they're just coming for a visit or two you know if they're only going to play a couple of times then that's how long it takes to get this item or you know to trek right. after and after that then they can say okay you're on your own or we did it all right i'm leaving now bye
1: mm, yeah yeah i like that i also um think that there's maybe an opportunity here um you said that the the all, all the characters are um just chilling in the city on on like a holiday
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so the question would be like what what quest do you really want to give them are you trying to, to give them an opportunity to jump into a quest or do you want to let them continue to be on a holiday together right um where relaxing on a holiday is is sort of a, an unusual situation in a game like like Dungeons and Dragons for uh, especially for introducing a new player, and so I think you would need to have a a jump in. You need to have a, a moment where you can jump in and and have an instigation in the right. in the game.
0: Well, maybe this is a Druid holiday.
1: Oh, sure. It should be a, well, I think in this case, holiday means vacation. Well,
0: right. But like, like the, the they could the be on vacation in holiday. a city just chilling. Turns out it's actually a Druid holiday. The Druids are coming out of the forest like into the city to, to, like their holiday is all about getting rid of city folk.
1: The way throughout holidays, getting rid of city yeah. they come in and try to kill people well, in know, the city. No, 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 they don't
0: kill. But you know, it's a tradition where they all come out, and then they like, oh, you, you know, you're ruining nature, and like they have protests throughout the city, and the city folks go. We'll just stay indoors for one day.
1: This doesn't sound like a holiday for the Druids. This sound, this oh, sounds, it's so <laughs> much fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> we you go know. and protest.
0: There's even the, the chasing out, quote unquote, of the city folk. Like, they all stand in one side and they're like, ready, ready, here come the Druids. Go! Like running of the balls, but running in the
1: city. This but this sounds very contentious. Like, like the druids are coming in. Is it a joke? Yeah, it's like all they, a joke. They don't, they don't actually want to chase. It's out tradition. The it's just part it's just of the tradition. It's just for
0: one day, and so it's these players strange. are are in this tavern and okay. they're just chilling and they have no idea. And suddenly, druids start quote unquote attacking, um, and that's where this druid character can come in because they can start attacking a druid character back, and then, and then he can be like, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, hey. This is just a game, guys. Hey,
0: man. It's, it's, um,
1: it's, it's, uh, um, rid of city folk day. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) It's, um, it's,
0: it's nature day. Nature day. This is, this is nature day. What are you doing? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You think this is real? Uh, guys, he thinks this is real.
1: Yeah. We were very convincing (laughs) for our nature day performance if if you thought it was real. Um, that's an interesting idea I think that's a lot of fun I like nature <laughs> <laughs> um, you could I, I was actually thinking the other side that it would be you could make it a druid holiday where the druids come into the town and and have like peaceful interaction with the city folk um, where the druids like learn how to like interact in a city and the city people you know go into the forest with the druids and and learn how to how to be in tune with nature in the forest. It's sort of like a trade of culture. Your yes. idea is much. More That's fun. not fun. Nature day. <laughs> yeah. nature day,
0: Nature Day.
1: That's the chant through the streets as yes. they as they celebrate Nature Day. <laughs> yes,
0: and they're like they're like turning trash cans with their druidic magic into flower pots and. Ha-ha. Yeah, actually, the whole town looks a lot cleaner afterwards. Yeah, and so it's generally like it's great. Everybody moss cleans growing off. up the buildings and that's great
1: (laughs) nature day is wonderful (laughs) anyway um well snake with Reed, uh i think that gives you a couple of ideas that you can
0: do (laughs) if you don't do nature day i'm gonna be sad
1: uh, Alyssa will be so sad um i i'll also say um i've done some mechanics where especially if i have players that come and go um where I, I, sometimes it can be valuable to just have sort of a, a goofy, powerful wizard god character that just shows up and plops people into the campaign and says, here, yeah. now go adventure with this one. We, we call ours the great Garganoff. Uh, who's in, a, your,
0: in your groups. In our
1: groups, yeah. Uh, who's a gnome who shows up and, and says, uh, and takes people away and puts people into the campaign. Uh, and it's just a, an easy hand wave way to make, um, you know, to make the session not take up a huge amount of time of introducing this new this new character, especially if you know they're only going to be there for one session or something. Yeah, um, which can be uh, sort of cumbersome sometimes to to spend a lot of time trying to introduce this new player when they're only going to play for an hour or two. Right, um, you
0: can rescue them from prison. That's always a good one.
1: Which works really well if you've got the setup ahead of time. But if you all of a sudden are going to introduce a new a new player and you don't have the story set up, you know we're not. We're not at a prison. We're not in prison. <laughs> uh, in now we have to go, now we have to go to a prison just to find this person to, right. to introduce them. A uh, passing
0: so. caravan topples over.
1: Sometimes, sometimes the hand wave is okay, um, and sometimes that's okay to have. Your your players will understand. This person's only here for one session. We want to let them have a fun time. Uh, it won't interrupt our campaign very much for us to just sort of all go yep, they're here now. We're not going to ask any questions, we're going to adventure together, and then at, at the end, they're going to go away, and that will be fine. Uh, and that's that's okay to do,
0: too. Yeah. But it can always be a long-lost friend. Oh, my gosh. Is that is that Dimples? Dimples, come Dimples. here. Dimples, let's spin forever. Don't call me Dimples. You know that's not my name. <laughs> Dimples, Dimples, come, come on. here. Come on. Come on, Dimples. Join us on the bus.
1: Oh, Dimples is always so serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dimples. Oh, Dimples. Classic Dimples. <laughs>
0: Right. now you have backstory all right uh <laughs> let's move on to um uh our last segment which is use
1: that spell uh, use that spell
0: um okay use that spell this time is a little different so i actually came across a question um from jade lake
1: jade,
0: jade, jade it's spelled lake. j-a-y-d so Lake. J D lake i think it's jade lake jade Lake. So Jade Lake asked a question that um, revolved around a spell. And so then I looked up the spell and I was like, well, now I have to talk about the spell. So I'm also going to talk about the question. So Jade Lake asks, if you were to cast time stop, how would you spend your 1d4 plus one turn? Mm -hmm. Um, After looking at the ninth level spell time stop, I was wondering what someone would do with 1d4 plus one turns where They can't interact with any creature or their stuff without the spell ending what would you do so then i looked up the spell so the spell is time stop it's a transmutation spell level nine casting time one action range of self components verbal and it's instantaneous and the spell reads oh uh, this is from the player's handbook page 283 the spell reads you briefly stop the flow of time for everyone but yourself No time passes for other creatures while you take 1d4 plus 1 turns in a row during which you can use actions and move as normal. This spell ends if one of the actions you use uh, during this period or any effects that you create during this period affects a creature other than you or an object being worn or carried by someone other than you. In addition, the spell ends if you move to a place more than a 1,000 feet from the location where you cast it. Okay. So what would you do?
1: Oh, it's super it's a super interesting question. So, uh, just to be just to be clear, you can move the stuff you have on you, the stuff you're carrying. You're not like stuck in your clothes. And um, you can belt move or your backpack
0: ninety nine hundred nine feet away.
1: No, no, I just mean I just mean you're allowed to move. Yeah. Your, your location. Yeah, you can um,
0: affect. Um, you can cast. You can use actions and move as normal. Okay, but you just can't affect any other, like if, if you touch someone while they're time stopped, everything goes back to normal.
1: So time stops actually a classic spell that's existed in Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. Uh, in old version, older versions of Dungeons and Dragons, one of the most classic setups with time stop is that you cast time stop and then you cast a spell called delayed blast fireball. And we actually talked about this in a, in a previous podcast, but um, it's basically a fireball except that it doesn't go off right away. It goes off A certain number of turns later so what you do is you cast time stop and then you cast a bunch of delayed blast fireballs all to go off at the exact time when your time stop ends um which is a like really classic way to be like um i'm a wizard bam here's a tremendous amount of damage that suddenly all happens um of course this requires tremendously high level spells delayed blast fireballs higher level spell than regular fireball so there's lots and lots of high-level spell slots involved in all of it. But as a wizard that can cast Time Stop, you have to be able to cast ninth-level spells, which is means you're probably level 18 or 19 or 20 or something along those lines. Um, so just to, to put the seed in there, that is one of the classic uses of Time Stop.
0: I mean, I was going to say heal and, you know, set traps. And, I mean, could you... It depends. Like, like can you cast something that like delayed blast fireball would like hang in the air until time came back to normal. Like, could you throw a knife? and?
1: So based on the description of, of uh, the spell, I would say that would work so long as it wasn't a spell that affected anybody right away. Mm -hmm. But if it was a spell that affects other, other creatures, then the time stop would immediately end. So you can't choose for a spell to be delayed until the time stop ends. Uh, because whatever you create here is also not time stopped. Um, so it would only work for, for spells that had a delay before they start affecting stuff.
0: Here's a question. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So I cast time stop. My party is in the middle of a battle. I cast time stop. stop I heal myself um, and I want to set traps. But I see um, uh, so-and-so over there is about to get hit by an attack. Can I cast Lehman's Tiny Hut over them?
1: Uh, so no, no. But the reason for that is because Liaman's tiny hut requires ten minutes to cast. Oh, and right. You only have one d four plus one rounds.
0: Isn't yeah, and that's only like what thirty seconds.
1: Uh, yeah, at best, at at, at five rounds, uh, it would be, um. Oh man, I'm having trouble with my math all of a sudden. Five rounds would be thirty seconds. Um, so uh, at best, it's thirty seconds. Okay. It doesn't give you a crazy amount of time the ultimately the the probably the best uses of time stop are uh you use it to run away in a way that nobody can track um so like no one knows what direction you went or obviously you can only go up to uh, a thousand feet away before the time stop ends uh which like in 30 seconds is pretty good um and there are lots of other better spells for running away like dimension door um that don't require a ninth level spell slot. <laughs> um, but running away is a pretty good use of the spell. Buffing and healing yourself, great use of the spell. Uh, wizards who rely on like mage armor but don't have mage armor currently on, time stop is a is a great way to be like, oh wait, I don't have my mage armor on. I stopped time.
2: <laughs> Hold uh, up.
1: I'm going to put on my mage armor, I'm going to cast some other buffs. I'm going to go be a
0: fairy and oh, I'm going okay. to drop a potion at everyone's feet and right. I want to have a potion later.
1: Uh, there's also uh, wizards can cast a polymorph spell on themselves to turn themselves into a into a creature. So you could cast a couple of buffs and then end it with like a polymorph, uh, And turn yourself into like a tyrannosaurus rex, and then <laughs> so
0: instantaneously like in- instantaneously. time stops and uh, as soon as it resumes, me who was time stopped yeah. goes, holy crap, there's a T Rex.
1: Now you're now you're a uh, gigantic, not even a regular sized T Rex, but a gigantic sized T Rex. Uh, with stone skin uh, that is now standing there in front of you <laughs> and, and chomping on you. Um, so something like that might be a, like a really fun use of time stop to, to be able to throw it in.
0: I cry for 30 seconds,
1: sure. get it out,
0: and then go back to the battle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think my most, uh, the, the part of time stop that I think would be the most creative use would be to like survey the battlefield a little bit more or or put yourself into uh, like a position to really catch somebody off guard, um,
0: flanking.
1: Yeah, um, essentially just being able to flank somebody, but uh, using it in such a way where where you go in this this situation that we have right here, it's the perfect moment. If I could just get over there, or if I could just act without anybody else being able to act against me in this in this moment, that's what I really need. Um, oh, being surrounded by bad guys! I can't get away from them. I can cast time stop so that I can like move away from all these. Bad
0: Only guys. if you're not so surrounded that you have to push them out of the way. Like,
1: yeah, you have to kind of crawl through all their swords and stuff. That going. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, it's operation!
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> don't touch the sides. <laughs> get through the legs. Also, I'll point out: in most situations, there's better spells. Like, you're trying to get away from people. Dimension door is way better. Misty step um you are are trying to flank somebody uh there's there's a bunch of better spells for that uh really outside of i need to cast three spells and i need them all to take effect all at the same time um that's really like the best sort of use of time stop that can't be accomplished by some other spell um it's just interesting to think
0: it also means that when you come out of time stop if you used a bunch of spells Suddenly, if you needed those spell slots later, you don't have them because mm. you use them all in a row.
1: That's true. So um, it better
0: have been worth it.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I guess the other thing would be a really unique opportunity for time stop would be you need to interact with the environment in, in a unique way. Um, obviously, you can't move anything in the it
0: environment. Says, um, no time
1: passes for other creatures.
0: Or any effect that you create. Uh affects a creature other than you so you could affect the environment
1: yeah so if you needed to like uh you know operate a a panel of of gears or something like that uh, to disarm a trap or you need to um you need to take some stuff out of your bag and and like dig through your bag of holding to get something really important for for to or hide something. something or hide something yeah um that would be like a great use of, of time stop. Something you possess or something else in the environment that's not being worn or carried by by another creature the, that the, you could interact with.
0: The person the, the person who had been kidnapped who's been dangling on the end of the of the pirate boat, you know, you could stop time and, and uh, oh no wait. You
1: creature. could move move a platform underneath them yeah uh so now they they are saved by it. you could you could lower the boat the the uh <laughs> you lower the the long ship uh the the um, rowboat yeah uh and so that it's it's right next to them so when they fall into the water they have a boat they can they can climb onto um i think that kind of thing is a really creative use of time stuff although once again as a knife as a wizard that can cast ninth level spells this always seems like I feel like I could probably do some other stuff that, that wouldn't necessarily require time stop. I think it can be used really creatively, but also um, often there are other spells that could probably accomplish what you're trying but to do. But
0: when you can whip time stop out and that's really pretty cool. it's stop pretty everyone cool in their tracks and yeah. have that moment, that's epic.
1: Yeah, you could just make faces at somebody and like sling a bunch of insults that they, that they don't get to hear or see. Well, that's
0: not, yeah, it's not as satisfying if they don't get to hear them.
1: I mean, sometimes, you know, did you ever wish that like, you're in a meeting with with a like a mean boss or something like that you wish you could just t- stop time and like make faces at them and well, say say something mean that you that you know that you would regret saying in person so well, you would. with zoom
0: <laughs> i can't that's
1: true we do this all the time now <laughs> i mean
0: like the camera's up here i can flip someone off below the camera and they'll never know it's totally true i don't do that <laughs> bosses,
1: I uh, mute mute my microphone and say a bunch of mean stuff, and then unmute my microphone.
0: Oh, you got to be real careful. <laughs> yeah, super we, super careful. I terrible. once was in a was in a um uh, meeting that was uh kind of a uh contentious. Is the right sure, is that yeah. the right word? And yeah. there was uh, two different sides to this meeting. There was the employer side and the non employer side, and there was anyway it was it was intense and uh, um someone accidentally typed something bad in the chat
1: oh no not
0: thinking that it went to everybody oh luckily no. it wasn't too bad it was it was like wow with a period yeah as like a comment um which was very embarrassing <laughs> because we had a we had it like a hangouts chat so oh, maybe typed, into the, so
1: they typed into the wrong chat so they typed into
0: the wrong chat so so then afterwards we we had a moment where we were like hey don't
1: be, don't be do really that. Careful. Be very careful with <laughs> chat you're talking yeah. in.
0: <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't too bad, but ooh, it was awkward.
1: Um. Well, that is the the spell time stop. Hopefully, that gives you some ideas for. Yeah, for, Jade Lake for uh, what you're gonna do with it, Jade Lake.
0: I like yeah. having a question for use that spell. That's kind of fun.
1: I do like that. If you if you have a spell or a question about a spell that you would like us to to answer on on the podcast, we would be very happy to do so. Uh, You can contact us uh, and send us that spell request on our website at nextsessionpodcast.com or on Twitter or Facebook at The Next Session. Uh, And I just want to thank everybody for coming and listening and and being a part of our podcast. And especially a big thank you to Rainier for being a part of our episode. Oh, it
0: was awesome to have Rainier on. And um, feel free to review us. We got a fantastic review on um, Apple itunes oh, that yeah. like made really, my wonderful. entire month
1: yeah
0: uh like i still read that review and go oh my gosh i think the person's name was phil so phil or phil or paul <laughs> now I'm, I'm gonna have to
1: look it up we're gonna look it up and we're gonna and i'm gonna be happy again, again because that
0: review was so lovely so <laughs> thank you uh feel free to to give us uh five stars and review and that does help um get
1: the word out or just tell yeah. people about well, our tweet podcast. tweet about us facebook about us share our share the podcast with other people Uh, We always appreciate that. Um, So with that being said, I'm Adam Johns. And
0: I'm Melissa Johns.
1: And I guess tune in next time and we will help you prep for your next session.
0: Thank you.